Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, John McGee. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey friends, we're back in the studio today and I'm joined by my friend, David Zena. He is a Senior Director of Pastoral Care and Community. David, it's been since uh, I think COVID. We we did a live a live uh, recording in COVID, so it's been a minute. Welcome back. It has back, been brother. a minute, and I think that was the last time. <laughs> if uh, those of you don't know, we had a live TV station channel. I don't know what it was uh, for like a week. <laughs> it got canceled after a week. It was a great experiment. We had a lot of fun. It took yeah. a lot of work, and then yeah. we realized. People were home, they were off, and they were outside walking their dog, and they didn't want to listen to our, all of our live TV that we did as a church. But it was yeah. really fun. I, I think that's a lot. I really do think that's the last time. That, I think uh, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. You've, there's a lot, a lot has happened. A lot has uh, happened. Since, uh, since then. So thanks for being with us, brother. Um, so today, uh, I thought what we would do is talk about how to turn around kind of underperforming teams. You know, if you've got, uh, you've inherited something that is not doing what it should uh, be doing, or even you're leading something currently, and you feel like, you know, I, I, I don't think we're headed in the right direction. I may, may not have the right people on the bus, or we're not we're not executing the way that we should, or there's some kind of, you know, some, some other thing in your team that needs to be uh, addressed. So David, I appreciate you being here, but I actually outsourced you today. You are a photo op at this point, because I asked ChatGPT, basically about this topic. So I typed in this uh, this prompt, if I have a department that is underperforming in my organization, speak as a consultant and tell me how I can change the team in five simple steps. So this is what ChatGPT said. Uh, I'll read this and then we'll record the outro and we'll be done here. So uh, number one, uh, evaluate the current state. Number two, set clear goals. Number three, develop an action plan. Number four, provide support and resources. And number five, monitor progress and celebrate successes. So I'll send you the full notes here. Um, guys, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> and, <laughs> Looks uh, like we're done here. We, we, are, we are done here. We've all been outsourced. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't think the pastoral work will be outsourced. Writing might be. Uh, ChatGPT cannot sit with uh, with someone who's uh, yeah. going through it, you know, yep. and give them scripture and God's word and pray yep. with them. That's actually a pretty good outline, you know, uh, David. I think if you Google all this, you're going to find something to that. that. That's a pretty standard, you know, uh, process. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in actually talking to someone who's done this. And so I've seen this with you. I watched you be assigned to our community team, which a bunch of amazing godly people, but just collectively they were, I'll use the word underperforming. We could find some other, uh, you know, synonyms. You were tossed that ball, and that's that's actually what I want to talk about today. Yeah. Is is kind of uh, what you learned as a leader, what you did, your approach. I think it uniquely matched uh, kind of your uh, unique giftings. So let's just let's just jump in. So you uh, you were tossed this ball. Um, I assume it was probably Blake that said, "Hey, David, I need you to go give some leadership to uh, the community team. I don't feel like they're hitting on all cylinders. Um, it's your first day. <laughs> Tell us about it." <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually think that ChatGPT, what they said is about evaluating your situation is the right place to start. And so we laugh on the community and the connecting team that we had a meeting and we call it the 602 meeting, which is just meaning we were in, we were all crammed into 602. It's pre-COVID. You could put, you know, 35 people in a room and nobody worried about it. And uh, we're in that room. And I just remember sitting there and looking around the room, just seeing some amazing people that were just tired and worn out. Hmm. And they were tired and worn out mainly because um, their leader that had been with them hadn't been there in about six months. He was moved. John Elmore was leading the community team along with leading Regeneration, which was two major ministries that we had that was very hard for him 
to lead well in either one just because of the complexities of both of them. Yeah. And uh, but then we tapped him to be the South Dallas <laughs> campus pastor, <laughs> along with director of Regen. He's <laughs> so, literally pastoring another campus. Yes. yes. Literally yeah. pastoring yeah. another campus. And then uh, he needed to move into that role immediately. And so there was there was an opening for this role. Yeah. And it. I think it was open for about six months before I joined. And so when I looked around the room, just seeing uh, those on the connecting and community team, they were, like I said, great people, but they were, they were tired and worn out. And I realized that, Hey, this was probably a little bit more, they were probably in a little bit more desperate place than I thought they were when I came in. Uh, And so I just remember sitting in that room. And one thing I said is both of those teams were operating separately and we needed them to be operating together, the okay. commuting connecting team. And I just remember one of the things like, Hey, we're going to work on making this a family feel like more of a family hmm. where both teams are working together to accomplish the same goal. Yeah. And I remember some of the looks with the eyebrows raised like, Oh yeah, I'm sure you're going to be able to do that. We've been Good luck, buddy. Yeah. Look buddy. We've been living this. Yeah. And, and so if someone's not, you know, not tracking that is basically a uh, community would be our small groups ministry. Yep. And so, which is, you know, uh, that is really how we think about our church is everyone yes. being in a small group. It's a really big deal. It's not a, an ancillary program here. This is very, very core to who we are as a church. Uh, and then the second one, uh, that second team was membership. And so yes. as people trying to come in uh, to be members, that process, and then also every year we re-up our membership. Right. Uh, so those making sure that people still want to be a member. And so those were two separate uh, departments. You know, both of them doing okay, but not great. And then yes. you came in, first order of business, we're going to take both of you and become one highly, highly productive, functioning, healthy team. That yes. Was, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, one of the things that I looked at was, hey, I needed to figure out, hey, what are some immediate action steps I yeah. could take? Yeah. And what I didn't do is I didn't lay those out for everybody. Okay. I just was, I was evaluating it saying, hey, that's not, we're not going to, I'm not going to put some game plan together that, hey, this is step one, step two, step three that people had to follow. But it was more of, hey, what did I need to do as I was looking at the team? And the first thing I realized is, hey, I just needed to have a ministry of presence. Mm. You know, when I was looking around there, they needed a leader that they could see, be around and get to know. Yeah. And you know, my office is right there in the middle of everything and left the door open and was available for whomever. Yeah. And then also started setting up for those direct reports. I had weekly one-on-one meetings yeah. where I could get to know individuals and get to know people. So fascinating. That's where you started because everyone listening here is like, oh, David seems like such a nice guy. He's like, a, he's got to be like a warm, you know, teddy bear. You want to give him a hug? <laughs> but I, but I know you. And, uh, you know, so before you were on staff, you built and sold uh, a company. You're a shrewd operator, yeah. you know, and uh, I think I probably would have, you know, uh, expected you to come in 30 minutes, listen, and then hit the whiteboard and go, guys, here's what we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I love that. I love that you said, hey, I'm, I'm actually, before we start barking out orders and things like that, we're going to, we're going to get to know these people and yeah. they're going to feel that I care about them before I start asking them, you know, to act or march or execute in, in a way that's different. And I think it was really, really wise. And I don't know if that was natural, if that was your natural inclination or you said, I, I think to play the long game, uh, this is what I'm going to do. But I, I, I think you probably evaluated pretty quickly yes. uh, where everybody was and you, yeah. uh, your natural tendency would have been to just send them an email and say, go get it guys. <laughs> and, uh, and I love that. And I think yeah. it's a really, really, really good be- best practice. Can I come back just for a second, David? Sure. You said, 
I had all this in my head. I didn't tell them everything uh, at the time, basically. So I, I, I take that to mean you had a roadmap, but you weren't going to let everybody see the entire roadmap all at, all at one point. Is that, is that what you meant by yeah, that? Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, I would say when I walked out of that meeting, I realized, okay, this is this is uh, going to look different than maybe I thought walking in. Okay. Walking in, I thought it could be a, a couple of tweaks here and there, and we'd be <laughs> off and running. And, uh, <laughs> let's do lunch. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's do lunch. Yeah. And I realized, okay, I needed to think through what I didn't want to do is lay out anything that caused them more stress or discomfort yeah. of just in the place that they were in yeah. and realizing that, hey, my first work was to get everybody operating together because – like you said, we're these two teams are as people are coming in the door, we are uh, we're greeting them as a front lines team, you know, as, as visitors are coming in and then taking them along the steps into membership into our body. And then the community team then takes over and, you know, is shepherding the body as everybody. Every member is a part of a community group. And so we feel like, hey, we've got responsibility over a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I knew is like, Hey, I, if I lived with that stress of, Hey, I've got to care for all, you know, let's call it 10,000 people. Yeah. I don't, I can't do that alone. And so I realized, Hey, my role is to care for the people that are caring for the people. Yep. And so right. that's kind of where I start. That's where my vision started right. was like, okay, I need to start caring for these people as they're caring for our body. Yeah, that's good. I, I do think, um, that, yeah, just start simply and simply start. Um, I do think it is a best practice as a leader, if you're kind of given something, an opportunity like this, to not come in guns a blazing mm-hmm. with about 50 things that are going to change. Now, you might intuitively really quickly uh, see 50 things that need to change, but they other people that have been living in this space probably can't metabolize all of that at one time. And so you're probably just going to need to, you know, think about you know, this is a, is a giant buffet um, that you're going to, you know, take down, but you're going to have to do so in small plates. And yes. you're going to have to give them um, things that they can metabolize in, uh, in, in, in certain settings because it won't be personal to you, but it'll be very, very personal to them. Yes. And, and you'll kind of say, well, I, you know, this is the right way. We, we all agree on this. Why is this so hard? Well, it's because they've been living in that space for a lot longer than you have if you're yeah. the new kid. And they're just going to need some time. People take time to metabolize change. Most people, not all, but most people are resistant to change. And you just have to uh, know that. Don't yell at them and don't get agitated with them. You, you stay close and you, you know, you love them as Jesus would uh, if he were, uh, if he were in this role. Exactly. So David, you did, um, so uh, you did one-on-ones, um, uh, weekly one-on-ones uh, with your directors, kind of your, your leaders. Uh, what else did you do to have a ministry of presence uh, with these people? Well, some of the things I did is I, I started scheduling lunches with a group of people on the team. Yeah. And what was interesting, what I found out there was, you know, I was setting up a lunch just simply to, for them to get to know me because I, I didn't expect them to trust me right away. Yeah. I needed to earn their trust. And so I was like, well, hey, I'll, I'll get some lunches and with groups of people. And I remember the first few that I had, there was kind of this awkwardness in the lunch. And, you know, I just would say, hey, I'm, I'm not here with any agenda. I'm just here to spend time with you. Yeah. And then I immediately saw kind of a relief. And later what I found out, this wasn't immediate in the meetings, but later what I found out is most people thought when I was bringing them together, they were either going to be told some really bad news or they would be told they're not doing their job well and how I can help them improve their job. They were not expecting me just to come in and want to spend time with them. Yeah. And I think that just came from, uh, again, 
inefficiency of time when people don't have a lot of time. They come into meetings, they give them three or four things, and then they're out because they just don't have time. And I think that's what previous leaders were doing. Yeah. And it wasn't because they're bad leaders. It was just because of the, they just did not have the time. It was math. The math. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And and so it was unexpected for the team when I came in and just anxiety inducing, yes. uh, you know, invite. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm just here. And I just, I do remember, I mean, I can still remember several of those lunches of just, we spent a lot of time laughing and making memories yeah. and, uh, creating opportunities for trust to be built yeah. just through relational yeah. time together. Yeah. There was, I, re- I remember just a noticeable, uh, uptick in laughter, smiles, uh, those kinds of things, you know, uh, which is, Honestly, that's a fertile ground uh, to do do something difficult and something that matters. It's just people that enjoy being together and they're having a lot of fun. And uh, you guys, well, tell me the story. I remember you guys ended up doing like karaoke and some a little, <laughs> you know, backwoods kind of like. Yeah, yeah. We, what was uh, that? What, the... So the what, what's interesting about when I started, like literally, I started in February of 2020, and then COVID hits yes. in March of 2020. Yes. And so now I'm trying to lead this team through Zoom and Microsoft Teams and all that, which was a mess. Uh, As we all remember, we try to forget, but we all remember. But uh, one of the catalytic things for us was when uh, in March of 21, we took a team retreat. And so we went away as a group and um, got some time away. And that's the first time the teams had been together in that kind of setting in a while. Yeah. And we, um, we went out to, uh, a camp and then we went into Tyler, Texas. And one, <laughs> one of our events was, Hey, we're going to, uh, we're going to go to a bowling alley and we bowled and then the losing team has to do karaoke because it had a karaoke. Yes. Oh, in the bowling alley. In the bowling. It was like one of those where it had six <laughs> lanes in the bowling alley bar and so we went diversify uh, your revenue stream <laughs> bowling and bowling karaoke and karaoke that's and, amazing and beer and uh so we weren't we weren't partaking in any of the alcohol but we were partaking in the bowling and the uh, karaoke but what ended up having is the losing team obviously lost and they did the karaoke but amazing when you're when it's 40 people and you're around karaoke everybody started doing karaoke and we had uh, we just were creating some a lot of laughs and memories and you, Scott Michael, who's not on our staff anymore, he's down in Waco, but uh, we all remember him. He had his uh, iPhone out like the proud dad videotaping everybody that was seeing. <laughs> like, the, yeah, yeah, like uh, third grade, uh, you know, choir recital. So yeah. that's awesome, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I saw it and, um, you know, I saw just a noticeable change in culture. And, and I would just encourage you, if you're uh, if you're tasked with turning something around or you just have a sense that you should, uh, just to get to know the people um, that you're leading. So that's, those are paid or those are uh, volunteers. Hey, what do I need to know? Uh, what are you excited about? What are you concerned uh, about? Um, to, you know, get to know, uh, and it's not a pragmatic move. You should just love the people that you're with. Yep. Tell us about your, your everyone wants to talk about their family or those kinds of things, what makes them tick. And so then then they they wouldn't throw the flag and say, hey, David doesn't know me or David doesn't understand this ministry. You, you spend some time asking, and so then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get to the thing that needs to change. But yeah. uh, it's done so out of relationship, which is the way that God relates to us. Yep. It's a uh, I think about with my kids before God gave Israel the Ten Commandments, He reminded them that He had been with them, yeah. seen them through 
uh, the promised land or seen him through to the promised land across the Red Sea, you know, all the plagues, all the, uh, all the things I've been with you now here, here's some things we need to do. And, um, yep. and that's a really, really good model for us. So, okay. So kind of a ministry of presence was first, if you had a, if you're, you know, this is your chat GPT list, uh, ministry of presence, what, what was next for you in your mind? The next for me was extending trust to the team, letting them know that I trusted them. Hmm. Uh, just immediately. And I shared with them probably in that 602 meeting, it was like, hey, I'm going to extend trust to you and until you give me a reason not to trust mm-hmm. you. But that doesn't mean if trust is broken that the relationship's broken. It just means that, hey, we'll figure out what we need to work through. Huh. And I think that helped the team realize like, hey, I'm, I'm here for the long haul. I'm not here for the quick fix. Yeah. And so what I started to do was I started just to kind of look for the simple wins And I wanted to start small because I realized, hey, I could extend them trust, but I had to earn their trust. And so I would set some uh, look at things like, hey, here's some levers that I can pull that will help help them in their roles. And my goal for their roles was we had become more of a, a metrics type feeling around the community team and the connecting teams of like, hey, you've got to hit these markers in order for you to be doing your job well. Well, in everything that we do on our team, it's very relational. Mm -hmm. And there are times that we're in situations that uh, you could spend your whole week on that one situation, uh, or you could be spending multiple weeks on one crisis going on in someone's life. And there was this tension the team felt of, hey, I've got to hit, I've got to, not only do I have to take care of this, but I also have, have to hit, you know, 10 meetings a week, or I've got to make these 40 calls or whatever I need to mm-hmm. do, whatever the metric was that they had for the day. And mm-hmm. what I started to do was started to eliminate understanding what the needs of our leadership were and the requirements of our leadership, and then changing the way we were accomplishing that. And so doing it in a way that allowed them all to, um, excel in their giftedness while not feeling burdened by, I have to do certain things. Mm -hmm. And the reality was they ended up doing all the things that we needed done. It was just a different way for them to do it. And so I was looking for those simple wins that I could pull levers that allowed them to feel like, Hey, my job is becoming, I'm more in my gift set, which means it's easier for me to do because I'm, I'm, I'm operating in my gift set. It doesn't feel like work. It feels like I'm operating in my gifts. That's good. Yeah, I, I think I think it's really good. You know, um, one of the things we'll talk about around here is you start at you know level ten with trust. You don't yes. you don't build up. You, you start at ten. Now you can you can lose it. You know, or give us reason not to. But I'm going to treat you like you know what you're doing. Yep. Uh, you're going to ask for help if you need it, and that whatever you do, you're going to be doing exactly you know uh, what you should be, what we expect of you, what we ask of you, um, until proven otherwise. As opposed to We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on you, buddy, you know, yeah. and see, see what you do. Yeah. And what happens, not everyone, but a lot of times people will rise to that uh, level of trust. Mm-hmm. And so if you micromanage them, uh, they will act like someone who needs to be micromanaged. If you move, uh, move into a situation and say, I trust you, level 10, go do your job. How can I help you? Uh, they, will, they, will, they will grow into that uh, yes. really, really quickly. And yes. so uh, I love that rather than uh, we're going to get some metrics on, on here. Um, and metrics aren't bad. You know, no. uh, expectation, clear expectations can be really, really helpful. But uh, I, I love that. And um, that's, that's a, you know, always that's a fun way to be led. And so when in doubt, yes. ask, how would I want to be led if yeah. I was that person? <laughs> and it brings a lot of clarity, you know, yeah. and I guarantee you, you wouldn't want um, a bunch of, you know, mandatory reports that you had to fill out before you could leave, you know, the end of the week. So all those kinds of things. Okay, perfect. So ministry of presence, extending trust. And what was next for you, David? 
I would say then the next would be looking at the team and saying, okay, what are some necessary shifts that we need to make on the team? Meaning not that somebody might have, we didn't have anybody that was, uh, we needed to move off the team, if you will, but we did have people on the team that we needed to move things around because we weren't able to accomplish things. And one of the ones that's the easiest to look at is the way we were forming our groups the way we were forming our community groups when people were coming out of membership and into community formation, we were ha- we were running kind of two different offenses for the single side of our body and the married side. Mm-hmm. And one of the necessary shifts I saw was, hey, we need to combine that and have one leader leading that, mm-hmm. which meant uh, moving some people around and people looking at it feeling like, I remember there was a, one person that we moved and uh, he was, he was I want to say this, he was not disrespectful in any way, but I knew we were developing a healthy team when he came and said, hey, I'm disappointed in the decision that you made. I feel like I should have been the one that was considered for leading this team and we chose someone else yeah. to do it. He was still on the team. It, nothing changed necessarily. There, there's a few job description things that changed, but nothing materially changed for him. But uh, but giving him time to uh, come to grips with the change that we made and not just saying, hey, live with it, buddy. It was yeah. like, hey, yeah. we want to give you time to, to give us three months, evaluate us in three months on how we're doing. And I will tell you the way he responded was it ministered to all of us on the team hmm. how you respond in disappointment. Hmm. Uh, yeah. He respected the decision, though he didn't agree. He fulfilled his job with excellence and did an excellent job and was in that role for a year until he moved into another role on staff that uh, he felt like was better for his gift set. But in the way that he led, we miss him on our team. Yeah, that's good. I mean, he was he was a joy to work with. and uh, But that's that happened about a year in. Maybe it was – well, maybe it was about a year and a half. And that's when I knew, okay, there's health developing because he felt comfortable enough to come and say, hey. That was your tell. That's interesting. That's, that's a tell that's of, like, health that's theirs when yeah. people can come to you and share okay. their disappointment in a respectful, God-honoring way. And I didn't feel, I completely understood why he was disappointed. And, and I'm also, I wasn't surprised with the way he responded because of just his faithfulness to Christ. Which is so good. Those, those of you that are listening, you know, there always will be times (laughs) that decisions are made that you don't agree with. And so this brother was a great example. You can ask questions. You could even, you know, say, I'm not sure I would do this. And then uh, you walk out and you execute it like it was your idea. Yes. That's a really, really good model. So, okay, if I was going to summarize the three things about your making the shifts, David. It was uh, one: you want to make sure the people, the right, you have the right people on the bus, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And so, if you need to get someone off the bus, you may, you may have to. Uh, that may be a part uh, of it. And uh, you said you didn't. Uh, and then two: you want to make sure that uh, you get the right people in the right seats. And so, you have, sometimes you're going to have to. You got the right players. They're just playing uh, maybe out of position, and that is the gift of someone objectively walking in from the outside and saying, "You know what? Uh, I think if we did this, uh, people would, would be playing more of their um, more of their gifts in their sweet spots." And then third was making any strategy changes. So that's where you you felt like it was more you know it was better just to combine 
you know, those two teams see it as one seamless process, not yes. not two disparate ones. So anything else that you did just kind of tactically, um, that, that's at the strategy level. Anything uh, that, then did you roll out and specifically, you know, guys, we are going to make these changes. Is that when Yeah, that I would happened? say those then just started adapting as people, as we yeah. were, we would, we would start with the simple wins. Yeah. We would accomplish those and then we would move to the next ones and then we would move to the next ones. Okay. And, you know, you have to, in any leadership position, you have to be okay with people not agreeing with you, but you want them, uh, you want to give them the opportunity to um, work through whatever it is they're not agreeing with, but then getting on board. Sometimes there are decisions that people are going to have to get on board pretty quickly, yep. and sometimes you need to give them a little bit of space to do that. And so uh, for our team, we were... I mean, God was very kind and fortunate. We ride this ship was corrected pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And what I would tell people is like, hey, don't judge how well you're doing with how quickly change comes. Right. Just remember you, the responsibility that we have is to just be faithful. You know, God wants us to love people. He wants us to serve them. And sometimes that means you got to share things that are hard. Sometimes that means you got to make decisions that people don't agree with. But you've got to give people the opportunity to to catch up to where you are, mm -hmm. because as you shared earlier, it is emotional to them because this is the world that they're living in. Yeah. So there is some uh, personal feeling that it takes them some time to get there. But I just remember I wanted to be patient with people and be faithful to love them and serve them well. Yeah. I didn't want to be all things to all people. Like yeah, I, it's it, good. If, if you you've got people pleasing in you, yes. that's going to be one of the hardest things in leadership is that chip. Is, uh... Go get an ice cream truck, right? You know, uh, go to that. Everyone's, everyone's glad to see you, always. Okay. Well, it was fun to watch. You know, you just compressed uh, whatever that probably was, about two years, you know, with COVID in the middle uh, of it. How about this? So you said that, you know, tell that you knew that you were uh, heading the right direction. Was they were able to kind of have a two-way dialogue? You know, they could... Yeah. Uh, they could state their uh, skepticism or disagreement, uh, which I think is good in, in a respectful way. Uh, thing you're most proud of when you look back uh, on this, either you or your team or what's happened, you go like that. That's uh, that's the win that I that I celebrate the most. Any any thoughts there? It's funny that you say that. I, I was just sharing this with the team the other day. Was the thing that I love the most that I've seen in the three years is the goal that we had in that first 602 meeting was, hey, we're going to become a family is we have become a family hmm. and we have, uh, and, and we all know families don't always get along. It's not always hunky dory, but you know, when, I mean, in the last month I've had two people come into my office, just sharing things that in ways that I hurt them unintentionally and the way that we're working through things, the way that we are operating in the high level of trust that we have for everybody. That's the thing that, uh, our team generally cares and loves each other, even when things are really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. And we're, and it's just been fun to see, and it's been fun to see the turnaround. It's been fun to see life on the community team, I think, in uh, the connecting team. I think those were two teams that before people shied away from wanting to be on. And again, that's not related to any person. It's just related yeah. to what, how we were structured. Yeah. And, now they're teams that people want to be a part of. Yeah. Like we're, we recently, the, the gentleman that left to go to uh, the marriage team, 
And when his job was open, we had 25 people that wanted that job. Let's go. I mean, <laughs> let's go. That's great, man. Yeah. And that's in a time when it's favorable for the employee, uh, you know, currently. It might not be in the future, yes. but yeah, the, the, the fact that he had 25, that's a great tell. Yeah. That would that would be a great uh, thing to measure how many people apply yeah. for this position uh, yeah. when it's open, if you want yeah. to track that, you know, yeah. it just as a proxy for uh, how healthy your team is and what the connotation is. Uh, outside of your team. So, well, brother, really well done. You know, it was fun to watch. And, you know, I know there's a whole lot more there, but I I think uh, I appreciate ChatGPT. I appreciate blog (laughs) articles. I appreciate books. Uh, If you're going through things like this, I would encourage you to find someone who's walked the path uh, that you have and just ask them, uh, lay out where you're stuck. Ask them um, what they're glad they did, what they would do if they were going to do it differently. What advice uh, would you have? I, I find myself asking that a lot when I lay out my issue and then I just I shut my mouth and I say, hey, what counsel would you give me? What would your counsel to me be? And uh, and I just take notes. And and then I, you know, it, it matters to me what people would say kind of in real time uh, when I lay when I lay something out. And so uh, this is, a, you got a really, uh, a really good outline here. Brother, show up, love them ministry of presence, build relational capital, uh, treat them uh, with respect, like they know what they're doing, like you trust them. Uh, They're oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes will will gravitate toward the the trust that you've given them. And then you start making the calls that you have to make as a leader. You make sure everybody, you got the right people on your team, they're in the right seats. uh, And then your strategy is, is clear and then uh, what, I, what I love, I don't know if you realize what you said that was, uh, David, that you didn't really get involved too much with the details. You just said uh, the end zone was really, really clear. Yeah. Where where uh, where we were going was clear. And back to number two, because you trusted those people, they figured out uh, the how. And yeah. if you can create that, then you, I really do feel like you've, you've turned uh, something around. And if there's ever an opportunity to hop on your team... Lots of people want to be. Uh, well, lots of people want to be. They want to. They want to. They want to eat barbecue and uh, and and sing karaoke and, and smoky um, little bowling alleys, yeah, you know, right. and, and just uh, and just have fun and make memories uh, yeah. while they do things that matter. And um, and always remember your why. I think you know for you. I bet that was a little bit easy. Uh, this wasn't you know, any kind of academic exercise, this, these people's lives, the way they were discipled, the way they were going to relate to God and others was at stake here. Yeah. And, and it really mattered. And so uh, when it gets hard, I think too, if you can just remember the why behind this, that will see you through a lot of the brain damage, a lot of the frustration, a lot of the slow pace. This is why I'm doing this and I will stay uh, the course and you will serve, uh, serve them well. So David, thank you so much, brother. My uh, pleasure. Anytime. It's, it's fun, fun to watch you. <laughs> we'll see if we can do it sooner than another uh, three year, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, gap here, but thank you. So uh, friends, thanks so much for listening today. If you have any questions or comments, you can always reach us at CLP at watermark.org. That's CLP at watermark.org. And we'll talk to you again next time. 